Hey, everybody. Welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my co-host, sister, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. Hello. Hello. Episode two of season two. That's right. How exciting. Here we are. That's right. We had we did 100 episodes in season one. I'm sure you guys know. Mm-hmm. I bet we'll do two or 300 in season two, just honestly, yeah. based on what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're really having a lot of fun with it. So we're excited mm-hmm. to be here and be back from the holiday and, I don't know, kind of be back to normal. That feels good, yeah. don't you think? The holiday's great, but I just get anxious. I want to be back to normal. I took my tree down the day after Christmas, put all my Christmas stuff away. I just... I like it. I do, but I get anxious for my space to return to normal. And yeah. Yeah. And now nice. life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just like to get back. Yeah. The, the, the fun partying for two weeks is great. And then it's like, okay, I got to get back to normal. I got to start eating good again and mm-hmm. walking and working regularly and, you know, yeah. like all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. We've been strictly back on the keto wagon now for a week, and that feels good. My body's grateful. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Too many nights, or yeah, up in the night, you know, with legs aching and hips aching and going, you did this to yourself because you're too many that food. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. I am too, and I feel a lot better, and my blood sugar is very happy, and I'm not needing much insulin, which is awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, really good. Well, good. Well, this show is, so once a week we do a show where we just present a case or a group of cases together and talk about something. And we wanted to talk today about human trafficking. I know, what a fun topic. No, it's a really important topic and a topic that we all need to know more about because human trafficking is happening everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, Americans have a tendency to think that we're just safe and this isn't really happening here and it's not true. So we're going to share a few cases about human trafficking. These are all cases in which parents sold their children into human trafficking. Yep. This is horrifying, but I feel like we need to know that this is happening now mm-hmm. uh, so that we can be aware. And um, we're going to talk about some ways to identify if someone is being trafficked and what to do about it. Because yep. we feel like, you know, it's really important for all of us to know this. Yeah. Well, definitely, because yes, it could happen in your community. Yes, it could be happening to kids you know. Yes, it could. And that is the it's thing. It's not I think exactly we what you think. No, it isn't. It isn't the, the scary underbelly it, of the I don't know city. What you're thinking, but yeah. You know, it, there's there's way it's way more insidious than than we realize. And so let, let us tell you a little bit about Aldana Orozco first, mm-hmm. because Aldana Orozco has been missing for 10 years and she was just found. Yeah. This is in Argentina. She went missing 10 years ago in Mendoza, Argentina. She was 14. Mm -hmm. She was found in Buenos Aires this week. And she has been the victim of human trafficking and has been forced to work in a prostitution ring for 10 years since she was 14. Yep. So she disappeared in July of 2011. And what we've heard is the police didn't even try looking for her for two months. Yep. After she went missing. This is horrifying. Yep. Yep. They um, claim that there was some claim that she had gone to San Luis with a boyfriend. Yes. She was 14. 14 yeah. years old. Yeah. At some point they went to San Luis. She wasn't there. They didn't really care. 
So they did this sort of not really trying search for her. Yep. Well, on December 30th of 2020, her parents' home was raided by the police and they were arrested because they believe that they sent her into human trafficking and then she was reported missing. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's just horrifying. Yep. Yep. Well, but from that arrest, they found her. Yeah, they, they did. actually they... found her and brought her home to relatives. Yeah. 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 Both parents have been arrested now for literally selling their daughter. Yeah. Selling her into trafficking for 10 years. And this whole time they knew. Yeah. So apparently they've told family members, you know, they're in jail and whoever they're speaking to is they're glad she's alive. <laughs> yeah. Not by any um, attempt of their own, apparently, but this is a real thing. This is a real thing. Parents selling children into human trafficking. And don't think it's just girls because it's not. No, it's definitely too. not. Yep. Um, we're happy for Aldana that she has been found. Yeah. But I cannot imagine what she's suffered in the last 10 years. And she certainly will never be able to trust her family again. No, no. You know? and obviously her life has been changed forever. She was entering high school. Yeah. You know, she should have been hanging out with friends and learning to drive and dating and, you know, playing a sport. Yeah. And yeah. no, not at all. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. So our hearts and prayers go out to her that she gets the help that she needs to recover from this experience. Yeah. Um. We're glad, at least in her case, that she was found and that she was found alive because that's not always the case either. Yeah. Yeah. I know you have a couple of cases to share with us. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you about a girl named Kiyu. Kiyu was 12 years old. Yeah. Uh, her mother one day told her that she needed to go to the hospital and have an exam. It was confusing to her. She wasn't sick. There was no reason for it. Well, she had an examination by a gynecologist who issued her a certificate of virginity. Oh, good Lord. And this having a certificate of virginity, apparently in Cambodia, makes a girl quite uh, valuable. Yeah. Oh, so apparently God. her mother had fallen. It, it was a poor family and her mother had fallen afoul with a loan shark. And the loan shark basically uh, presented her with this idea that he was either going to do violence on her family or she was going to get some money somehow. So this was the plan. So bearing the certificate of virginity, this 12-year-old daughter, her mother told her she had a job for her to make some money to help the family. And she dropped her off at a hotel where a man raped her for two straight days and then dropped her back off at home. Oh my God. And she said she returned from home from the experience, very heartbroken. After that, her mother went ahead, and took her to a brothel. And at the brothel, she says she was held as if she was in prison. It was kept there for three days. She said she was raped by three to six men per day. Once she was home, her mother, on a different occasion, sent her away to two other brothels, one of them very near the Thai border. Apparently, 
between Cambodia and Thailand, there's a big problem with trafficking girls across the border. Um, At some point close to 14, she heard her mother on the phone making arrangements to send her to another brothel that would be for six months. And that's when she knew she had to get the hell out of there. She fled and got connected with a group there, a group of Americans who have been moved to Cambodia that are uh, fighting the sex trafficking trade there that brought her into a safe house. And so she's safe now. So her mother told CNN, Sally, my daughter was heartbreaking, but what can I say? Yeah. She said it was because of the debt. That's why I had to sell her. I don't know what to do now because we cannot move back to the past. Imagine how cold that is. But apparently poverty and the sex trade have gone hand in hand in a lot of these countries uh, and ours in a lot of countries. And and in so many ways, I mean, whether whether it's trafficking of children or adults, I mean, that's very much the case. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So there is a man by the last name of Brewster who he was, he's a former pastor from the U S he and his wife, Bridget moved to Cambodia. They went to Cambodia on a mission trip to the area where uh, our little girl here grew up and discovered what a horrible sex trafficking problem they had there. Mm-hmm. And how most little girls around that age were going through the same thing. That This was happening left and right. So they moved there and opened uh, an organization called Agape International Missions. Mm-hmm. And they rescue girls that are being sold into the sex trafficking trade and put them in safe houses. They have children in their care currently that are four years old. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh Apparently, this is a this area of Cambodia is known around the world as a place where pedophiles can come get little girls. And I've heard that about Cambodia before, that it is very famous for men traveling there for those purposes, which is absolutely horrifying. Yeah, they say that when they came there three years ago and started living there, one hundred percent of the girls between the ages of eight and 12 had been trafficked at least once because at least once their parents sell their virginity. Oh my God. Yeah. The, the lifelong trauma that that creates for an entire community. I just, I really question if people have any idea of what they're doing to their population, you know? Yeah. Not only is this horrible on an individual basis, but it's also horrible on a, on a, on a, more macro basis yeah. of that much trauma. Oh my yeah, God. For sure. Yeah. So luckily she's now in a safe house, uh, but, and, uh, you know, bless the people that are there on the ground working so hard on this, but it, it is horrifying. Our other case comes out of Akron, Ohio. Mm. This is a little girl who was 11 years old, whose mother sold her into prostitution. She was an addict, and she would take her from door to door to places where she had made arrangements, and men would pay her $40, and she would wait in the car for them to be done with her daughter. Oh, my God. 
and then take her to their next appointment. And that went on for two years. When she turned 13, she discovered that she was pregnant and she ran away and hitchhiked to Mexico. She had a family in Mexico, managed to get to Mexico. She miscarried. Uh, she has had two other children now. Uh, she, so her mother reported her missing and the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children got involved, not understanding the situation, of course. And she was located in Mexico. I think mom knew that's where she was because she was with family. Anyway, they grabbed her and brought her back to her mother. Oh, my God. Where she she spilled her guts about why she had fled to Mexico and what had happened to her. So she's now in foster care and her mother is in jail. Oh, thank God. But uh, she has two children that remained in Mexico. Yep. Well, this, I I know from working as a social worker that kids homeless kids mm-hmm. well it's awful because many of them have been trafficked that's why they run away yeah. but then they're even at higher risk of being trafficked when they're homeless right and and that was it i mean she was she ended up continuing working in sex work when she was in mexico to survive and so that's where the other two children came from right. and so this little girl from the time she was 11 until the time that she's i think she's now about 15 that's the only life she's known yeah Now she's in foster care. Um, At the time of this article, the reporter asked her if she's had some therapy, if she's had some help. And she said, no, they're just trying to get her back into high school and get her caught up on what she's missed out on and just get her back into life. Holy crap. Yeah. Cannot get her back into life until she has had some trauma recovery. How can she possibly just go be a normal high school student after all that? She she couldn't. Oh, wow. Yeah. We are so lacking in education about this particular issue in the U.S., clearly in other countries as well. Yeah. But Christy, I know that you have got some uh, pointers here for how to recognize sex trafficking and what to do if you think it's happening to someone that you know. I mean, recognize with two of these girls in these cases, they weren't, they didn't just disappear. Our Argentinian girl did, but the other two didn't. They were being used in sex trafficking and then return back home. And that's actually very common. It's way more common than we know. This and that's something we was doing. all have to be aware yeah. of. Mm-hmm. Is that this is something that can be happening to kids that you know who never disappear. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, here are some things to watch for. And these are, well, a lot of these are about if people have been trafficked and taken, but mm-hmm. some of them are, are not. So, First of all, people living with their employer. That is a big red flag that there's trafficking going on. How many of you live with your boss unless they're a family member, right? Yeah. That's a weird thing. So if you know someone who lives with the person that they also supposedly work for, that's an, that's a red flag that this mm-hmm. can potentially be a trafficking situation. Um, poor living conditions, although that's a hard one because there are lots of ways that living conditions could be a bad situation and still not be trafficking. But you kind of want to like start ticking these boxes. Like if several of them add up, then I'll tell you what to do. Uh, Multiple people living in a very cramped space. 
um, being unable to speak to a person alone. So you know somebody, you never see them alone, they're not allowed to speak to you alone, someone always has to be with them. That's a huge red flag. Mm-hmm. Um, when they do speak to you or give answers, they seem to be scripted or rehearsed. Like they always say the same thing over and over again because they're being told what to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, their employer is holding their identity documents. Somebody's got their passport, their driver's license, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Somebody's got their identity, the proof of their identity, so they can't leave. You think about that. What if somebody mm-hmm. has your stuff? How are you going to leave? You can't prove who you are. Yeah. That's a huge one. Yeah. Signs of physical abuse, obviously, you know, bruising, cuts, injuries that seem to be, you know, unexplained, particularly on kids, but adults as well. Yeah. Uh, Someone who is just particularly submissive or fearful. They just seem afraid all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, They seem to be working, but they're not paid. Uh, being un, you know, unpaid for whatever it is that they're doing. They don't seem to have any money of their own. Mm-hmm. And um, under 18 and in prostitution. So it, it's a huge red flag anytime you come across anyone under the age of 18 who is working in prostitution. Right. It's also a red flag sometimes for people over the age of 18. But, you know, that's not... I don't want any judgment of sex work here because there are certainly people who choose to work in sex work right. and that's their right. But right. children don't choose that. And vulnerable people, people who come from other countries and don't speak the language here, they're not necessarily choosing that. You know, you have to be really careful. Mm-hmm. So what do you do if you think someone might be being trafficked? So the first things that you don't do, you do not confront them or anyone that they're living with, and you don't call the police, okay? Because you can trigger just a big mess in which they could be killed or or injured. You know, if there's nothing that appears to be illegal to the police, there isn't anything that they can do. But calling the police to them can, um, you know, set off alarm bells that somebody's watching or keeping an eye on them. And, you know, like local police might not necessarily be trained in what to do about trafficking. So what you do is you call the National Human Trafficking Hotline. And you can look that up. I'm going to give the number, but it's just the National Human Trafficking Hotline. So you could search Mm -hmm. for that on Google. Uh, The number is 888-373-7888. Yeah. And that's, of course, in the U.S. That's in the U.S. No, not in the U.S. Google that for your country. The, you know. Yeah. There are anti-trafficking organizations all over the world. Yeah. And so you want to... You know, you want to know this is this is one of those things that everybody needs to know. Mm -hmm. Um, We all need to know it and we need to know how to handle it because you can identify a situation that you think might be trafficking and you can make it significantly worse. Yeah. By confronting the person, accusing someone, calling the police there. That won't help the situation The the trafficking people need to come in and do their surveillance and stuff to figure out if it is trafficking and then Mm -hmm. they'll involve the police. So the police are coming into a situation that they know what they're getting into. Yeah. So this is the way to do it because they, you know, they know how to get into, you know, to figure out what a situation is beforehand and do it in a way that doesn't put anyone at risk in the situation. But it's something that we all need to be aware of, you know, 
does, is there weird stuff going on at your neighbors? You know, is there weird stuff going on with some kid at your child's school? You know, kids that are being abused, they withdraw, um, you know, their personalities change. Sometimes mm-hmm. they have injuries or they are sick a lot. They aren't in school as much as they should be. Mm-hmm. Some of them talk about very sexual things when they're really young for that or mm-hmm. act out very sexual things when they're very young for that. These are the mm-hmm. kinds of things that we need to watch for that we all need to watch for. These are the actual things that we can do to help with human trafficking. Mm-hmm. There are a few other things that we can do. Um, you know, we need to learn about it. I did some Googling to kind of learn about, you know, the National Human Trafficking Hotline and some of the other things that are going on out there in the world. You can actually volunteer. There are anti-trafficking efforts in lots of communities. There might be an organization mm-hmm. in your area. You, When you're voting, you know, find out what elected officials in your area think about human trafficking and what's their plan. What are they going to do about it? Mm-hmm. You can help with fundraisers for anti-trafficking organizations. Um, you can, one area that I feel like we all need to work on is to help our schools develop curriculum and protocol around human trafficking to help educate mm-hmm. our children and to help educate our school personnel to be able to identify kids mm-hmm. who are being trafficked. Mm-hmm. Because just like these two little girls, they were probably going to school, you guys. Yeah. They were probably going to school around the times that they were being trafficked. Yeah. So there are lots of things that we can learn to do, but we have to make an effort and kind of step out of our comfort zones in order to do that. Yeah. But to understand human trafficking and combat it, we all have to be aware because, you know, you there are times when you may or may not see something, you know, you may see something or hear something, witness an event that makes you wonder. Mm -hmm. And you need to know what to do about that. You know, the, the idea of see something, say something is so important Yep, because we can all be the eyes and ears for situations like this, that we can really help. Yeah. If we pay attention and we really speak up and get involved. And I think that has to happen with human trafficking. I mean, look at this poor little girl from Argentina. Her yeah. parents sent her, they knew how yeah. many other people knew, how many other people in that family knew mm-hmm. that that's exactly what had happened. And they waited 10 years, yep. 10 years before they found her. I mean, it's just horrifying. We all have a responsibility, I think, to understand and be aware of human trafficking, to watch out mm-hmm. for things, to make reports and to speak up when other people don't. absolutely well and and to take the blinders off and recognize that it is happening it is happening around the world yeah yeah around the world and in all of our communities and there are no exempt communities we certainly live in a community that has a tendency and i think many of you do too um you know smaller communities smaller very faith-based kinds of communities that think that they're Mm -hmm. immune from this kind of stuff not immune these things absolutely happen here I worked in domestic violence and sexual assault here. So did Katie. We know that these things happen here. And it happens at the exact guy's house who you think it would never, ever happen at. Right. Exactly. Exactly. The really obvious stuff is the easy stuff. It's the very, um, you know, under the surface 
kinds of things that you really have to watch for, like these kids that are living at home and going to school, Mm -hmm. you know, there had to be signs and indicators that something was not right with these girls. Mm -hmm. You know, I have no doubt of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Runaway homeless LGBT kids are super high risk for human trafficking. Oh yeah. Super high risk. And so that's another area you can get involved in, in your community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Well, we are happy for Aldana Orozco and these other two girls that we talked about that at least all of them are out and are, you know, hopefully getting some help and at least in safe places. But always the goal is to end human trafficking so that nobody has to go through it to begin with. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's our case for today, guys. We are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for tuning in. Take care. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.